nothing about expecting and pain control. Expected. Yeah, expected. saying you know what she doing. Uh, 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 seeing this person from this far away, and they want to criminalize your procedures and mm. criminalize them, and we must resist. And that's why I write this blog. You are within the norms. dot com, and it's a very interesting article about a lady. It's called "They Killed My Husband, Brent Sloan." Well, I'll tell you what, hang tight, Doc. Hold a second, hang tight, hang tight. We have NPR coming up in, in just a few right. seconds because uh, I do want to uh, to address that. I'm glad you brought that up. I want to address okay. that when we come back. Uh, okay. Even though, but but we do have to get to our subject, uh, which is to kind of to do a recap of what happened on Friday um, through the symposium, okay? Uh, so we have a few seconds uh, coming up right now with NPR, and we will be right back here on the Sunday Forum, WMNF 88.5, Tampa, Sarasota, St. Pete. Live from NPR News, I'm Giles Snyder. The Biden administration is clarifying remarks the president made in Poland that Vladimir Putin cannot remain in power. Secretary of State Antony Blinken says the U.S. does not have a strategy of regime change in Russia. What we do have is a strategy to strongly support uh, Ukraine. We've been doing that um, and rallying partners and allies around the world uh, to do that, uh, including with uh, unprecedented amounts of, uh, of security assistance. Lincoln speaking in Jerusalem today where he's seeking to shore up support for reviving the 2015 Iran nuclear deal. He said Biden was making the point that Putin cannot be empowered to wage war or engage in aggression against Ukraine or anywhere else. With the Russian offensive on Kiev stalled, Russian forces have stepped up attacks on other cities across the country. There have been rocket attacks on the western city of Lviv this weekend. At NPR's Jason Bobian reports from the city of Dnipro that some of the most intense fighting is now along Ukraine's eastern border with Russia. To the northeast of the capital, the city of Cherniv has been under constant bombardment by Russian artillery for weeks. The main bridge linking it to Kiev has been destroyed. The mayor says most of Cherniv is in ruins and more than half the population has fled. Further east, Ukraine's second largest city, Kharkiv, is also being pounded by Russian forces. Diana Spichek left Kharkiv with her mom after her university was flattened. All these weeks was hard. You care about your flat, your house, your job, your university, uh, about all Ukraine. And military officials say the Kremlin appears to be attempting to take more territory north of Crimea and along Ukraine's eastern border with Russia. Jason Bobian, NPR News, Dnipro, Ukraine. Ukraine's deputy prime minister says that Russia has agreed to open two humanitarian corridors to evacuate civilians from frontline areas, including from the besieged southern port city of Mariupol. LinkedIn has taken down hundreds of fake accounts that used pictures apparently created by artificial intelligence. NPR Shannon Bond reports LinkedIn took action following an investigation by Stanford University and NPR. Stanford researcher Renee DiResta first stumbled across the fake LinkedIn profiles when one of them sent her a pitch. The face jumped out at me as being fake. The profile picture appeared to be computer generated. It was incredibly realistic, except for details like a missing earring and perfectly centered eyes. Social media accounts with fake photos have been used to push Russian propaganda about Ukraine and to spread Chinese disinformation. NPR found many of these LinkedIn accounts seem to be used to drum up online sales of software and services. LinkedIn removed most of the accounts, saying they break its rules against creating fake profiles. LinkedIn and its parent company, Microsoft, are among NPR's financial supporters. Shannon Bond, NPR News. This is NPR. Officials in Colombia have released an early report on the death of Foo Fighters drummer Taylor Hawkins. Hawkins died Friday night before the band was scheduled to play at a festival in Bogota. NPR's Dave Mistich reports a 50-year-old was found unresponsive in a hotel room outside the city. Colombia's Attorney General's Office released a preliminary toxicology report Saturday on Taylor Hawkins that showed the drummer had 10 substances in his system at the time of his death, including the active ingredient in marijuana, antidepressants, benzodiazepines, and opioids. Earlier Saturday, Columbia's health secretary released a statement detailing efforts by local emergency personnel to care for Hawkins, who had reportedly experienced chest pains before being found unresponsive and pronounced dead. 
Hawkins overdosed on heroin in London while on tour in August 2001. That incident left him in a coma for two weeks. Foo Fighters, who had scheduled a lengthy world tour for this year, said they are, quote, devastated by the tragic and untimely loss. Dave Mistich, NPR News. Nebraska Republican Congressman Jeff Fortenberry is resigning from Congress after a California jury convicted him of lying to federal authorities about an illegal campaign donation from a foreign national. His resignation takes effect this Thursday. Emergency officials in Colorado say nearly 20,000 people have been ordered to evacuate their homes because of a wildfire burning in Boulder County. The evacuation covers some 8,000 homes and 7,000 structures. The fire is burning in an area where a fire destroyed 1,000 homes last year. I'm Giles Snyder, NPR News. Support for NPR comes from NPR stations. Other contributors include Carnegie Corporation of New York, supporting innovations in education, democratic engagements, and the advancements of international peace and security. More information is available online at Carnegie.org. On Saturday, April 30th, WMNF is going purple when doves cry. The WMNF special tribute to the one and only Prince. Starring the evening committee, Jeremy Gloff, Ro Joma, Siobhan Philidor, and WMNF's own Scott Elliott with Talk to Mark and DJ Senflow. Plus, special Prince lookalike contest. The party takes place Saturday, April 30th, 8 p.m. at New World Brewery, now at the corner of Bush and Nebraska. Tickets are $20 in advance, $25 at the door. Go to WMNF.org for more info about the show and our COVID-19 protocols. is anything but gone. The Suncoast Blues Society will celebrate their 25th anniversary this year and WMNF is joining in the fun. On Friday, May 20th, WMNF and the Suncoast Blues Society team up to bring the Jimmies to Skipper Smokehouse for this milestone event. For tickets and our COVID event protocols, go to WMNF.org. The following is an editorial statement from the Nathan B. Stubblefield Foundation Board of Directors. WMNF condemns the indefensible war on Ukraine and calls for an expedient, diplomatic, and peaceful resolution to this conflict. We stand with the free people of Ukraine, the war protesters in Russia, and the millions of innocent people impacted in the region. We urge our listeners to support international organizations working to stop further human and environmental devastation. Visit WMNF.org. For information on how to help. Calling all poets. WMNF supports local poetry artists and wants to give you the chance to be heard. You think you got what it takes? Well, here's our poet of the month, Jamie Dawson, with a piece titled, These My People. Let all my people say, These my people. Inspired by the street, moved by the ancestors, called to purpose by Lord of the Prophethood testimony, philosophers of urban ethics, my people. That was Jamie Dawson. You can learn more about Jamie and how to apply to become the next Poet of the Month by going to WMNF.org. Again, that's WMNF.org. And we are back. We're back to the Sunday Forum. It's eight minutes, eight minutes after the hour of nine. This is your host, Walter Smith II, and I want to say thank you to all the folks that are out there watching on Facebook right now. Hello. How you doing? I want to uh, I want to address this uh, this issue that's been brought up by um, Doctor Norm. Doctor Norm, you there? Yes, I am. Okay, yes, I am. Let me tell you, um, if you folks, let me tell you, you need to read. You need to start reading if you've not done it before. You are within the norms. dot com. I encourage it. I'm telling you, you need to read it. It is a it is something that what what you will see there is facts and information that you need to know that will actually give you some answers with regard to how what what's wrong with your health care right now. 
and why we have no resources, real resources, in the black community by our black physicians, by our black dentists, by our black pharmacists, our black nurses, our black uh, 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 midwives, and so forth. Anybody in the healthcare industry who should be active in our community has been limited because of the actions that have taken place by by DEA and other government entities that that have determined, uh, and by legal entities that have determined that they are going to go in and question our people and put our people on the on the fire. On, on the hot seat for things that they don't put anybody else on the hot seat for. They don't even, and, and, and they've been proven, in most cases, they've been proven to be wrong. Bogus investigations um, being conducted by people who are not, who are, who have no qualifications to be investigating such things. They don't understand the science behind anything that's being done. Uh, and those who do understand the science have been corrupt enough to go out there and do things that they should not be doing. And that and that's been proven by the cases that have been won in um, uh, according to uh, documents that are out there that are actual legal documents that are given to you in this with uh, you are within the norms.com. Um Dr. Norm, let me tell you I was gonna say this that I gotta you see and this what's important about this thing is and why it ties into the Supreme Court nominee is that I got a case before uh, Judge Katanji Brown Jackson, and that is before the United States Court of Appeals. And we are, are, are we, are, we well, I'll just say this, we are pharmacists and dentists and physicians and not drug dealers. And the system has, has tried to not only misclassify us, but provide this misinformation to 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 uh, to to harm an entire society in terms of the treatment of pain and, and overall treatment too, and so when we see uh, this last article we wrote about they killed my husband, it's written from a woman a woman of the fact she was a black woman, uh, uh, Coy Cosonia Richardson uh, 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 Sloan, who was married. She was married to a white gentleman for years, and he had gotten injured. And the the the, the remedy that they treated this man with the, the fact that he was he, 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 that he had been severely injured, and the medications were working. And we had somebody came up and said, "We're going to cut your medicine in half." And he says, "No," and they fought and fought, and eventually he ended up in such debilitated condition that he, and he was a veteran, that he took a gun and put it to his head and blew his brains out. And she won a $7 million uh, uh, a lawsuit in Kentucky. I think she lives in Florida now. And, and her heart-wrenching story about how she fought for, uh, as both of them fought for their dignity and respecting how they were mistreated as, as drug-seeking addicts, and in fact, this man was in severe pain. And this happens all over the place. And this was a, a, a like I said, a black woman, a, a husband and wife, teen, a husband and wife. That this this sort of indignity. And read the story. They killed my son, my husband, in uh, you're within the norms uh, uh, dot com. And I really appreciate you, brother putting this forum there. And as I said, I got a case right now as we speak before Judge uh, Kajanji Brown-Jackson. And I hope that, uh, you know, we're just asking for fairness and stuff. I mean, I'll say we have before that court and stuff, and we've appealed this case all the way to expose the the, the, the wretched indignities and the, the, the illegalities of the United States Drug Enforcement Agency as they have tried to misclassify, gone after uh, physicians and now doctors and misclassify them as drug dealers. This agency needs to be banned. This is a criminal enterprise of the United States government. And read you are within the norms.com. All right, all right. You, you, if you're listening, you are within the norms.com. Hey, listen, 
spread the word, talk about it, read it, check it out. Doc, thank you very much. We appreciate thank you so much. it. And we'll hope you come out to the uh to the Fish Grits and Black History being held over the Dr. Walter L. Smith Library on Saturday. Oh, you said fish and grits? Fish and oh, grits. Oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, help me. You didn't say fish and grits. I said you fish and grits. You going to get me talking again. <laughs> Let me get off this phone. You said fish and grits. Oh, hell my Lord. I'm coming. I'm right now moonwalking to that one. <laughs> all right. All right. Oh, Thank you, Doc. Okay. We appreciate you. Yeah. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Listen, folks, I want to announce the what um, we are doing, Miko. We're doing a reopening, grand reopening of my father's library in West Tampa. Okay. It's the only, and for the record, folks, so you know, um, it is the only, the only um, library of its kind anywhere in the state of Florida. Mm-hmm. And it is, um, it is obviously black family owned. It uh, had to, we had to kind of shut it down for a little while because of dad's, um, Illness uh, in, in its passing, but we're doing a grand reopening. We're going to be showing people. We're going to do a panel discussion on the issue of the housing crisis here in the Tampa area and, and that we're seeing here in the state of Florida. Uh, and we're going to talk about solutions. If you've been there in the past, you know that the first three. This is this is the fourth uh, fish grits in Black history that we've done at the uh, library. And uh, if you've been there in the past, you know it has usually been hot. And we have made, it gets better every year. And what we've done is we, we have a tent now. We have, we have tents that we put out there and stuff like that to keep mm-hmm. people covered. Um, but people have been there and they have stayed throughout the day to listen to all three panel discussions. This year we're having the panel discussions again. But the main discussion is, uh, is that about the housing crisis. And in that discussion, in that on that panel, will be uh, Sister Connie Burton, who's been one of the most outsta- outstanding and outspoken members of our community to deal with this issue of the housing crisis. But we want to talk solutions, and she has some. And there are people who will be there in attendance who will uh, talk about this. We have Ernest Coney, who will be there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we have some folks from the Housing Authority who will be there just as there was the last time that we discussed it. So now that we are in this whole thing uh, for the week, we, we, you know, we're, we're looking forward to it. We have, we're being joined by Renee Plaw, uh, who's my homegirl from Tallahassee. Uh, she is, uh, Renee, I hope you'll be there. Hope you'll be there uh, next Saturday, which is April 2nd, next Saturday at 905 North Albany Avenue, next Saturday, 905 North Albany Avenue at the Dr. Walter L. Smith Library Museum. Um, we have books in circulation. What makes this library so special, Miko, is that my father had books that were in our personal collection. Okay, that are at the library. They're at the library. And they're, they are not in circulation anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Anywhere. You won't find them anywhere. Um, these books are books, history books that you get to do comparative history research if you if you're a historian, right? Did he write these books? No, oh, no. Okay. These are comparative history history books okay. that uh, that go back as far as the 1920s or 19, 19 early 1900s. 1901 is one of the earliest ones we have. Okay. Um, and I do have a book that we have not put on display yet because we need to make sure that we keep it protected. It is an original copy that was signed by Booker T. Washington of Up From Slavery, his autobiography, Up From Slavery. Oh, my mom would love that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> signed by Booker T. Washington. Oh. And the wax paper that is in the book mm-hmm. was put in by Booker T. Washington to protect the signature. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So we do have that book um, that was that, that we had in the library, but we took it out of the library in order to protect it mm-hmm. until we could get like a casing for it. Yeah. Uh, to protect it, and you know we're doing fundraising for that particular purpose okay. to try to make sure that that we can we can um, um, get more done, um, renovate the, the property, uh, and make sure that we are able to do more programs. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a bunch of new programs that we're working on right now. One of them is an environmental program. 
One of them is an environmental program. Okay. And uh, you want to check it out, go to um, fishgrits4.eventbrite.com. Fishgrits4.eventbrite.com. You can go to the Walter Us with the second Facebook page, um, or you can check your own, because I think I've sent out to the whole world. <laughs> but you can go to the event page on Facebook as well, and you can see the uh, the advertisement there. And you can find out the detail of the costs and everything involved, okay? Now, who is making the fish and grits? So, my, my son. Huh? My son. Mm-hmm. Uh, Walter Smith III, <laughs> which was, he was made reference to earlier today mm-hmm. uh, by one of our callers, but, but actually he was talking about me. Uh, but nevertheless, Walter Smith III will be doing the, the fish as he's become quite the chef. Uh, let me tell you, it's real good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it will be bossa. Will be the fish there. Grits will be made, uh, have been made by Don Chef Don Lee mm-hmm. right here in East Tampa, and by Chef Kimuel Henderson, okay. uh, who will be on hand to continue making the grits throughout the day. Um, Don Lee has been a Don Lee and Kimuel have been uh, outstanding. Uh, they've they've constantly done this thing uh, each time that we that we've had one. Uh, each one has has contributed by making the the grits. And making some really good grits, really good grits. Okay, so you have made enough for 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 all day. Or oh they, yeah, they have made enough. Excuse me, all day. Oh are, yeah. Are there going to be biscuits involved for those who want a biscuit? No biscuits. Ugh. Sorry, okay. no biscuits. <laughs> but I can tell you right now, the okay. fish and grits are really good. Okay. They're really good. Okay, <laughs> um, there there will be a ribbon cutting. Mm-hmm. And uh, we will have music. Okay. It's going to be really good mm-hmm. by uh, our own Robert um, Robert Williams. Mm-hmm. He is one of the great jazz musicians out of Tallahassee, Florida, who's here in Tampa and has actually uh, performed at a past, uh, actually the very last one that my father attended, mm-hmm. uh, which was the very last one before COVID hit, uh, that, that, which is Fishing Grits 3. Okay. Um, and that was really good. They came out there with the congaleros there. Uh, they have a drummer circle, and it was really outstanding. Mm-hmm. And they played, uh, they're, they're jazz musicians as well, but they will be there on hand. And you have um, um, Terrence Small, who will be DJing there. And we have young Devin uh, Geis, who will be playing the violin. Ah, okay. He's really good, this kid. <laughs> <laughs> He's really good. He's the son of a classmate of mine. Uh, she was my chemistry partner. I was going to ask uh, you how old is he? he? This kid is 20 years old. Oh. 20 years old. And he is really good. Okay. He's very good. So, you know, come out. Come check it out. Be a part of the panel discussions. We're going to also be talking about um, the legacy of Dr. Smith as well as where we go forward from there. So come check it out, folks. Come check it out. Uh, we got a call online. Um, let's let's get to that. Let's get to talking about this this uh, symposium. But go ahead. Let's okay. get to this call. Caller, you're on air. Uh, like you said, biscuits. There will not be biscuits there. Will there be butter? Will there be hush puppies? <laughs> uh, let me get a yeah. <laughs> there will be butter. There will, will be there, butter. Will there, we have no dry I was, grits. I was going to ask you whether will there be bacon or no, man. This ain't breakfast all day now. Hold on, wait a minute now. This ain't all day breakfast. People eat fish and grits without all that. Uh, but no, there, there will be drinks. Okay. Uh, there will be drinks there. You get a, obviously get a drink with you. Okay, you what kind food. of drinks? Orange juice, water, milk, what? There will be orange juice. <laughs> You're going to have sodas. People drink sodas with it. Mm-hmm. You know, so we'll have that. We'll have water. Okay. <laughs> I'm just asking because We're going to get the water from the water hose. Because we're gonna I'm just milk. joking, y'all. I'm joking. Oh, well. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> uh, so we'll have all that okay. present. Mm-hmm. Uh, there will be mimosas for the for the the uh, for the, the toast no, I'm just for, for the adults. Yes, and the toast. Uh, those who want to make your donations, you can. Okay. Um, beyond that, um, but there there's a cost involved. But you go to Eventbrite for. Uh, sorry, you go to Fish Grits for. Dot eventbrite.com. Is that where they do the donations, or they do it there? That's, the that's where they. That's where they. That's where they buy the tickets. To okay. Go. All right. So uh, I cannot say the price or anything like that here on on the radio, but yeah, you want to check it out. Okay. 
Okay. You definitely want to check it out. Okay. All right. Definitely. Definitely. All right. Um, and, and you want to support th- places like this because of because they are rare. Mm-hmm. I, when I heard the lady say that she had been in Tampa for this long, for most of her life, and she had never heard of this place, the, the, this place has been, Dr. Walter Smith, the library has been around for 16 years. Okay. And I, I just can't imagine. I, I was I was a little hurt when she said it. Uh, but there, someone spoke up without me having to say anything mm-hmm. and said, then you haven't been paying attention. Right. Because it's there. It's there. They're, these places are there. So, um, you know, check it out. Check it out. Yeah. All right. Let's talk symposium. Okay. Call in 813-239-9663. 813-239-9663. Let me tell you, the symposium was outstanding. Okay. Uh, the symposium was a brainchild of mine uh, for the purposes of doing public education in the issue of environmental justice and energy, right? And it was what it was exactly what I hoped for, and that was that we would have outstanding speakers, which we did, and that we would have the uh, that we would have the attendance look like exactly what I would want it to look like, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I expect that next time it will be even greater. Um, and I'm hoping, I guess we're going to hear from um, Connie Sister Connie. Yes. Um, but I tell you, you know, uh, she again, she not only will be there at this location, but I think she's going to be at the next symposium as well. That is, that you know, when you have people like that there, it is critical that you have them. Mm-hmm. The reason that's important is because you want people who are leaders of the community to be seen, um, to learn this information, and to be able to take that information back to the community, right. to their respective organizations, to their um, um, to their neighborhood association, whatever it might be, do it, and then come back, and then learn more mm-hmm. each time we have these things. We have got to get involved in this in this issue. Of environmental justice, it, it, let, let, let me let me illustrate this. With environmental justice comes the idea that there is a a system of protection in place, right? right? That will that will assist us with correcting those bad behaviors or that those behaviors that have gone on with impunity that have impacted our communities in major, major ways. What ways, you might ask? Okay. One, um, we look at our health issues. You know, we talk about, and I bring up health issues because that's the biggest issue out there with regard to this. Yeah, right now it is. <clears throat> got to be. Yeah. Got to be. I mean, cancers. You know, the biggest thing that shows up is the issue of cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, cancer is not something to play around with, clearly. But when you're you're exposed to cancerous materials every day, mm-hmm. but when it is compounded by consistent, consistent production of cancerous materials. That are that are then wasted, spilled, um, thrown out, running through the waters or things like that that are that are in our waterways, our springs, our you know people fish, you know. Mm-hmm. It's then that in our air that we breathe. It is then that we have to look at, you know, are we a target? Right, you can you kind of feel targeted, and and when you feel targeted, the reason you feel targeted is because of the fact that you have these, you have our communities. Seventy five percent of our communities are are established and have been established through redlining, and through and and being placed. Watch this, 
near industrialized locations. Yeah, plus the fact that these people know about it. Right. They're not doing anything about it. Right. Yeah. Right. And want to extend their ability to continue making money at the cost of your lives and the lives of our babies, too. And it's only been addressed on TV, I believe, only maybe two or three times that mm-hmm. I've seen mm-hmm. on Bay News Night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so the question then becomes, how, what, what do we do, right? I mean, let's take, let's take the issue of the fact that we have disasters that occur, Right. Yeah, hurricanes. Hurricanes, exactly, exactly. Um, Sometimes when it rains, we got we got flooding in right. certain certain areas. Those high rises, right? High rise areas, particularly. Right, exactly, exactly. Um, think about the fact that you have our communities near these ports, near the port, right? Yeah. The ports are occupied by petroleum companies, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, mining companies, electric company in this particular case, uh, our local, which is Tico. Mm-hmm. Uh, and other companies that create chemicals, hazardous materials, hazardous waste in many instances, right? There's got to be an effect. There, there has to be. And there's going to be. We've seen it a billion times over, right? We get the bad smells, yeah. right? And the water. And yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. We get water that's brown out of our sinks, right? Um. We see all types of things. We breathe this stuff in. The worst air quality in the state of Florida? There's something wrong with that. There's something wrong with that. And when when we look at that, compound that with COVID. Oh, I know. Compound that with COVID and the fact that still, even with COVID, we still are on top. Don't worry, we're on top. We're on top of the very list that we're always on top of, and that's the worst daggum list anywhere, and that is with the illnesses. Where does that, what does that say to you, folks? And I, you know, I, so I don't see any lines lighting up right now. I don't see any lines lighting up, and there should be a whole bunch of questions right now, a whole bunch at 9.32 in the morning, 9.33 in this Sunday morning. A whole bunch. But we're having another symposium on April 22nd. There'll be another symposium on April 22nd back at the Reed again, the Reed at Encore again. It is free. Then we have, you have breakfast and lunch. And for those who attended yesterday, uh, not yesterday, but this past Friday, uh, they will tell you they were well fed. <laughs> I would hope so. <laughs> uh, but we had really good questions. Mm-hmm. Okay, and what were those questions? So, so listen, everybody has a narrative, right? Yeah. The nar- one of the narratives that came up was um, a lady said to us, you know, everything that you said today makes sense mm-hmm. now. I didn't know this, but I've got to say that we cannot leave God out of this. Okay. Now, let me tell you, she was right. My response to her was, you know, you're correct, man. You're very correct. Uh, There were two people that brought that up. Two people. And my response to them was, you are correct. God has to be in this. And no, no matter what you may worship, how you may worship, 
there is there there is this position in religion that insists and requires that we be good stewards of the earth. Yes. That we be good stewards of the earth. Now, that means that in order for you to be a good steward of the earth, it requires people. It requires the power of the people. Mm-hmm. It requires the knowledge of the people and the ability of those people to be able to take on the responsibility of the care of their communities. What we have lost is community. We, the church needs to be involved in this process. Uh, if you know me, folks, you know that I've been hard on the church with regard to our community and acting beyond just being in a march, beyond just feeding people, you know, on Thanksgiving and, and, and certain holidays. We've got to get our churches more involved from the standpoint of, of, of people might say, oh, yeah, well, uh, we're, we're Brother Smith, uh, we're in the business of saving souls. We don't get political. Oh, yes, you do. Well, that's what I was getting ready to say. You know, you <clears throat> a lot of people say they want change, but they don't actually want to be involved and go out right. and do it. That's the problem. So mm. how how do you change their minds on that? Is the point is 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 the thing because you have all this information. It needs to be shared. Right. Because that lady said she didn't know anything about it. Well, of course, because they don't talk about it on TV. She was hurt. She was so, there was still so they were so upset about it. But what I liked about their responses was and, and the questions was that they weren't so upset that they were not that they were out of sorts. Mm-hmm. No, they wanted to come up with solutions. And they came up with solutions, right? Mm-hmm. And they, and, and of course, one of them was to go back to their churches and say, "Listen, we need to activate. We need to mobilize, right? Mm-hmm. That will set the example for other churches." Now, listen, you know, every church isn't going to do it. It's like every person is not going to do it. Right. But like I've always said, you know, and. People might want to, might, you know, people ask me the question sometimes, well, why do you always say when your problem becomes our problem? Because it's the truth. It's the truth. You don't, listen, let me tell you. There was this saying, there was this, uh, this, par- not, was this parable, right, mm-hmm. uh, st- uh, that, that, that deals with the fact that, uh, you know, when, the, when, they, came, when they came for the, for the socialists, um, you did nothing. Yeah. When they came for for you know for different people, different groups that were helpless that had been oppressed, no, you did nothing. But then when they came to you, I was getting there was no one that, left to help. I was getting ready to say that that's when something will get done is if it happens to, to them. them. They're not going to do it otherwise, unfortunately. So that's disgusting. It is, but that that is how our world is. That, that, that's that, disgusting. Well, okay, that's how people are. Yeah, yeah. I drive down 22nd Street to get here every morning, every Sunday morning, mm-hmm. right? I'm out there and I see so many healthy young people. Healthy people, period. Early Sunday morning. Yeah, going for walks. No, just stand out uh, there. We'll just, oh, okay. Just stand out there in front of the grocery store. Doing nothing. I I see them throwing out trash on people throwing out trash on the sidewalk, whatever you know, smoking, chilling, whatever you know. Mm-hmm. I go back, still there, okay. right? No, but these are useful bodies. These are useful people. They they there's so much potential that's just sitting there being untapped. It's just untapped, and that's such a scary, scary testament. Well, yeah, we don't know their situation either. They could be 
out of work or could be or could be there's a number of things yeah. but the point being that you got to do something about it but that's the something thing. has to be done yeah that's the thing nobody i guess people have uh i guess because of the situation with covid everybody's just kind of like uh you know whatever type thing they just don't they they're just, not lepers they, they're not lepers Stop, you know, they, they just you don't gotta do stop that, man. Listen, COVID is not leprosy. And it's not something, I mean, stop with that, man. Stop with that. These, you know, it's like you can't talk to somebody because they got they may have COVID. You can't do this because they may have COVID. You're gonna sit around, folks. Don't sit around and let COVID be the downfall of your community. Don't do it. Don't do it. Well, and don't some do of, it. and some of them, it, it has nothing to do with COVID. They just, they just don't, because it's not affecting them. Okay, in their mind, because it's not affecting them, they don't care. And no. I hate to be, I hate to say it like that, but they, but they don't. They're people are selfish, you know. They, they just, yeah. I mean, it won't. Nothing will change unless we come together as a community. But I just, I don't know how that can be done. Unless you like ram it down their throats, which then sometimes they don't like that either. So I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm not about to ram anything down anybody's throat. I'm just not going to do that. Yeah. You know, but I am going to. I am going to advocate for it. Okay. Right, and that is to say that we got to do differently. We got to do better. Right. Um, this is this is bad, bad, bad stuff. I mean, when you have coal ash ponds that can be breached that can poison you and kill you that can that can expand with a flood reach you it's like it's like that that you know you have bad we have fumes that are poisonous fumes mm-hmm. that are being released from a a, a stack a smokestack that can kill you or make you sick that are making our children see that that's the real that's the real issue as well. These children are running around here with respiratory issues. It doesn't that doesn't occur to anybody that damn it, there are black kids and brown kids running around here with asthma more than anybody else. More than anybody else. And yet we're telling you, constantly telling you that there. You are getting sick because of this constant use of fossil fuels. You ain't been out there and the Muslim, damn, it's hot. Well, yeah, it's hot. Of course it's hot. Well, it's flooding. Yeah, it's flooding. Yes, it is. It is flooding, yes. There's going to be some more flooding. It's going to be worse the next time. And watch this. Your grandkids, your kids, your grandkids, everybody else gonna gonna experience worse than that. We're losing our communities right now in Miami and even here in, in Tampa in some areas. We're gonna lose these communities because of climate gentrification. Climate gentrification. Because they know those people who live who are wealthy that live in these areas that are so affluent that they know. Damn well that they're, where they are is going to be worth crap within the next few years. The ne- not the next 10 years, the next few years. Why? Because there's going to be some devastation going to hit them real soon. And so what are they doing? They're moving inland. And they're taking these communities right now that we live in. They're taking them. So that they can come and live in. Now, these are the same communities Watch this. The same communities that they redlined us into, they're fixing them up. Now they want to do the infrastructural change. Watch for the reason why infrastructural changes are taking place in your communities, folks. It ain't because of the goodness of the people's heart. No, no. It's because they transform all these years. They never bothered to do the infrastructural changes for these communities. Now all of a sudden they're jumping up to do the infrastructural change. Really? Really? It is not out of the goodness of the heart. It's because you got groups of people here who don't look like you anymore, who are coming into the community now and walking their dogs and everything else, and that's fine. Hey, hey, you like it? I love it. You like it? I love it. And guess what? 
you'll be gone. <laughs> you will be gone. And you'll be outside outside of your community. Nobody stand up on that corner anymore on 22nd Street. You'll be outside the community, going outside into the into the county, and guess what's gonna happen at that particular point? You won't be able to find housing anywhere. Because a basic house, a fifteen hundred square foot home, you can't even afford to buy. Because you don't make enough at work. Oh, oh wait a minute. What did I just say? It's going on too. Robin Lockett. Robin, shout out to Robin Lockett. She just brought this up yesterday. We talk about this all the time. $15 an hour isn't even near enough anymore. You can't afford to have an apartment with $15 an hour. It takes two checks to pay the damn rent. And then you got a car payment so you can get to work. Yeah. Because there's, no, there's, there's bad transportation around here. Yeah, well, that's why a lot of people are using uh, Uber or Lyft, which that has even gone up, too. Listen, man. Listen. 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 And then everything has gone up. Even toilet paper. Yeah. Wait a minute. Toilet paper. My parents, what what did they say? You can't wipe your butt. (laughs) It was like, I think it went up to, wait, $15? Maybe $20? Man, listen, 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 listen. Listen, we, 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 yeah, this is giving me ulcer. I'm telling you, we had these conversations Friday. If you missed it, I'm telling you, don't, you don't want to miss the next one. You don't want to miss the next symposium. April 22nd, you don't want to miss it. April 22nd, don't miss that symposium. Um, let's, go, let's go to the phone lines. We got two. All right. Caller number one, you're on air. Good morning. Peace and blessings. That's what I'm talking about. That's oh, what I'm talking funny. about. <laughs> First of all, happy birthday. Oh, happy uh, birthday. Belated birthdays, uh, uh, Queen Mother. How you doing? I am just doing wonderful. And every time I'm listening to younger voices, you know what I'm saying? What's that? The passing of the torch has been in place. <laughs> and truth tellers are on the podium now. Yes. And we got to tell the truth. Yes. We got to tell the truth the way we see it. And we are asking that the opposite, hopefully, um, those that is opposed to truth telling is nothing about uh, money money grabbers being financially uh, extorters and et cetera. But what I'm excited about right now, Walter, is the fact that you have found a way to get out into this community to navigate this truth telling whether it is fish and grits, uh, <laughs> fish on, on, on a piece of light bread, whatever it is. <laughs> we simply got to do it. And, 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 and the way I think it helps, helps our community that has been so um, uh, caught in the trap of who do we believe? Mm-hmm. Who do we believe? Do we believe those that are supposed to uh, represent our interests? Uh, and we have seen nothing come back to our community. And so now, you know, honest brokers are able to get to the table. So I am looking at how then do I push my uh, truth-telling to the next level? And, of course, always participating from the ground up on every grassroots initiative that I can be involved in but also working on how we help those young people inside of our community, you know, get to the table because they need to understand how to fight for their future as well. Right, right. So our city council right now, uh, it uh, provides an opportunity for members of our community to step forward, to volunteer themselves, to be of service to the community. Uh, we know that there's a vacancy uh, upcoming uh, on the council board. Yes. And, yes. and, and the board will, the, 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 uh, the councilman that's sitting there now uh, will make a decision who will come on and be a uh, ally to them. And I'm hoping that the community would see the value in my work and support me uh, uh, a progressive person uh, that would be a truth teller uh, moving forward. Mm. But in regardless of that, 
uh, Walter, if I do or don't, I'm going to still tell the truth. And one of the best documents that we have in our hand right now is when the city council unanimously voted and agreed and putting a resolution together that simply said that African people of African descent, whether it, it was doing slavery or to the present day, we have been denied all of these services. Right. We have been systematically uh, discriminated against. And that council that sit on that board right now is said that they want to work toward the improvement of past practices. So let's take their document. Let's take their wording. We ain't putting nothing in nobody's mouth. This is what they agreed to. This is what they say they want to see a turnaround in. They have, we have 15 months right now before, you know, people run off to different seats, uh, whatever they're going to do. Some of them won't be able to run again. But we got 15 months right now to hold them accountable to that resolution that they signed in 2020. And so, I, again, I'm just hoping that, you know, we find more truth tellers in our community and we help our young people to understand that we're going to take their document that they agreed upon to, in changing our community and we can make it work for us. That no, we are not opposed to redevelopment, but we are being a, we are opposed gentrification, and we're gonna have to find a way in which we can all live together. And mm, so, absolutely. Again, go ahead. No, no, absolutely. You, you, you and, hit it on the head, yes, ma'am. And so again, uh, those that would think that I would be a good voice on that council, I'm simply asking them: this is not getting out the vote. You can't do that. But you can call city council at 813-274-8131 and ask them to appoint me to that seat. And uh, we're just hoping that happen uh, at the April uh, the 5th uh, council meeting. All right? All right. All right. Thank you, Sister Connie. We appreciate it. And, and mind you, mind you, Sister Connie, again, will be at the Fish Grits and Black History Panel discussion, right? On the housing, on the housing crisis. Yeah, I'm going to be at that one. And you're going to see me, listen, I'm on the other side of the hill now. When I say that, <laughs> I am so, so free to tell as many truths as I want to. I have all my available time for Connie and the community, and I'm just going to be everywhere telling the truth and trying to encourage our families not to sit back and wait, but we have to make government work in our behalf. And we gonna have, we got the documents to say, this is what you said, councilman. This is what you said, representing all of our communities. And we want to see the fulfillment of these promises. Thank you. All right. All right. Thank Welcome. you, sister. Thank you. Oh, yeah. This is what I love. I love Queen Mother Connie Burton. Queen Mother Connie Burton. We're glad to have her. Glad to have her on the air. Let's, let's go to our next call. All right. Caller, you're on air. <laughs> good, good evening, almost. Anyway, how y'all doing this morning? All right. Ron, what's good going time. on, man? Hey, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it, especially that last blast. Uh, happy belated birthday, Sister Connie, for me and mine. Uh, and definitely, I think we should also put a petition in there before that occurs. Uh, that petition works pretty good to hold them accountable that we have put people in. They always say we don't have people. So that, that, that could work in her benefit as well for that purpose. But uh, the one thing that I want to speak on and I get off the phone quickly is that the gentrification has been going on in various and diverse manners, like all over the city. It's like, uh, you know, Harbor Island downtown, one of the... Uh, kind of luxurious, glamorous areas of the downtown area. Right. Harbor Island was built on a uh, waste dump site. Yes, <laughs> so yes. They just right. their little dog to buy the most of it, you know. It's <laughs> ludicrous people in the way they get mindset. That's what I'm, I'm glad to hear y'all saying that. The mindset has to be changed so that all ecosystems 
feel good and friendly to people to maybe even walk their dogs. And I don't agree with all the hype with the dog parks because they don't have enough parks for people to engage in some social interactions or social communications like chess boards and stuff, whatever. But they, they don't they don't seem to have be out of touch with what people in reality are right now. I mean, you know, dogs are personal things, but out here they have a big, gigantic dog park, and they improved on the dog park, putting trees in the dog park. It's, it's, and right across, people sleeping in under the uh, bus stop in, in bags and stuff. You can see it. It's hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. And that's in the area I live in. I mean, I see tent cities out here all the time, and tent cities make more sense than how building the newer houses in the ran-down communities because when you build the newer houses, then you run it out to people that's been there all the time with the high taxation for building up those luxurious houses right around the houses that are low-income houses from the get-go. Because I lived in that before. So that's what they're doing. They're going to they're jack up the price of all that the roundabouts they're making and all that. Somebody we're spending, you're going to get over tight now for that. Right, that's right, that's right. But, you know, Ron, yeah. this, this, is, this is something that if you think, if listen, we have we cannot dismiss the environmental justice and the environmental impacts that that have happened. This these are what you mentioned just now are environmental impacts. This is an environmental justice issue. It is an environmental racism issue. It is, I mean, and and, and it has been going on, uh, whether intentionally or not. The bottom line is, it has happened. Yep. It has happened. Hey. Well, I'm going to leave you with this here because this is uh, ironic and it's iconic. In all the comic books, they always have some villainous people that be destroying the water, destroying the earth. And who that looked like? You always thought it was some other. <laughs> it looked like the government, the agencies, not even the government, just the people within it. And it's the same thing, the sinister people. Yeah, so this is really ironic, really, the whole thing. That they, don't, they don't even care about the earth, we, the air we breathe. The grass, you're walking on some real grass, or none of that. And then on top of that, you know, they, if they don't care about that, they don't care about the children, the water. Uh, take, take, if I'm not mistaken, I forgot, Hershey's still pumping the two, 200 million gallons of water over here. Oh, God. And <laughs> hey, we supposed to be on a... You say Her- Her- who, who's, who's Hershey's, doing it? Hershey's, Hershey's been doing pumping that water. Is it Hershey's or Nestle? Nestle, they the same, but they just changed the name. Oh, is it? Okay. Appreciate you, brother. Appreciate you more. Y'all have a blessed day. All right. You too. All right. Thank you. All right. Oh, sorry. Next um, call, 30 call seconds. It. Caller, you're on air. 30 seconds. For, go directly to your question. Hello? Hello? Okay. All right. All right. Caller, you're on air. Yes. 30 seconds. Go directly to your question. Yes. Good morning, Walter. This is Kate. How are you doing? All right. All right. Got a few seconds, buddy. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'll make it very, very fast. Verizon Innovative Learning STEM Achievers Program is happening this summer, July 5th through July 29th, 8.30 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. This is the program that I myself am representing, Walter. I'll be working with 150 youth. We want black and brown youth, definitely, to sign up. I'm going to give the sign-up link also. I posted the flyer on the Sunday Forum page, Okay. But the registration link is bit.ly forward slash STEM Achievers. bit.ly forward slash STEM Achievers. Okay? 150 youth this summer. We want our kids to fill up the camp. Transportation will be provided. Every position, every uh, child spot will be paid for by a gracious Verizon grant. And uh, the sessions will be held daily at HCC Dale Mabry. Thank you, Walter. All right, all right. Thank you very much, Kato. Kato always comes with the good information now. Great information. Well, folks, uh, we come to the end of another edition of the Sunday Forum. 
thank you for joining us on Facebook. Thank you for joining us here on the radio each and every Sunday from 8 to 10. And then, you know, we really appreciate it. And as always, uh, this is your host, Walter Elspeth II, along with the member of the Fourth Estate, Yumiko, Lady Yumiko. Hello. All right. So we are saying to everybody, hey, from my voice to the radio waves to the hearts and the minds of the people, we love you. And there's absolutely nothing you can do about it here on the Sunday Forum. This is WMNF 88.5 Tampa, Sarasota, St. Pete. And please don't forget the Dr. Walter L. Smith Fish Grits and Black History on April 2nd, April 2nd from 9 to 3. Check it out. Check it out on the event page on Facebook. Go to fishgrits4.eventbrite.com. See you there. Yeah, you gotta keep talking. All right. Okay, I guess. You wanna play some music? We'll see you there. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you very much for joining us here on the Sunday Forum, folks. Uh, Keep on fighting the good fight. It's always, it's always, uh, there's always something to fight for. Fight for your lives. Fight for your lives because I'm telling you, don't take it for granted that this is happening to the next person because you might be next. Keep on fighting.